Welcome back to the program. I'm Rabina Ahmed Huck, and this is On Point. Newly released data from Statistics Canada shows that the Indigenous population in this country is growing at almost twice the rate of non-Indigenous Canadians. Uh, The rise is attributed to some factors such as more people identifying as Indigenous, a higher birth rate, and other social factors. However, as the population continues to grow, Housing specifically for Indigenous Canadians is not. The housing market is deeply affected in all of Canada, but buildings becoming derelict and rent prices increasing near Indigenous populations is increasingly becoming problematic. Uh, Talking about this and other stories affecting us here in Canada, we're joined by Michelle Robinson, the Satu Dene activist and host of the podcast, The Native Calgarian. Michelle, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to talk about these issues because they're so important for us all to discuss. And this data point is so interesting that the Indigenous population in Canada is growing at twice the rate, which is great. Uh, but that continues to be a, a, a community that's underserved, a population that's underserved. What's your reaction uh, to the fact that a, a lot of housing in and around areas where more Indigenous people live is becoming derelict and unaffordable, even those buildings that are available? Yeah, it's quite ironic, actually, how many folks um, don't recognize that it is important for all orders of government to be regularly investing, not just in um, affordable housing, but also maintaining um, and and continuing what is existing. And and many don't, and especially those who vote for the more... um, you know, uh, blue side. And it's unfortunate because then what that means is that you have chronic underfunding that leads to chronic housing issues. And then that's just for the folks that aren't on reservation. Um, folks that on, are on reservation have only ever had chronic underfunding when it comes to housing. And, um, you know, there's not really that social responsibility that uh, really everyone should be feeling when it comes to issues of Indigenous. So I'm hoping that people will see the need for investment here. And then, um, and further, just to, to see that, you know, this is something that's been long discussed. This was discussed in the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, now the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and uh, the Um, National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit. And these are free and available for everyone to see. So the hope is is that folks who may not know what I'm uh, talking about would see that this information is publicly available. And I actually run a book club uh, discussing a lot of these issues. But I mean, if there's not a local book club in your area, start one, please, by all means, and start reading these issues. Yeah. I think that's great. You know, those those micro uh, situations where, like you said, a, holding a book club in your neighborhood where you talk about issues that really affect you when you hear it from your neighbors, it, it has a completely different impact than when you hear it from someone just on TV, a talking head, as they often refer to them as, um, because yeah. then you go, you come away from it with a, a much better understanding. Um, that, that's an excellent, excellent uh, uh point to, to, to make there, Michelle. Um, uh, what, what, what do you hope, the Liberal government's made a lot of promises for, uh, to, to fix the housing crisis in and around Indigenous lands. Uh, what, what do you hope that they can do um, to, to at least uh, start to uh, come to some solution with what's happening? Yeah, so my understanding is that they've actually done a lot more investment in housing than we've uh, typically seen before. I believe it was the Martin government that did a whole lot of cuts, Uh, Jean Chrétien did, and um, Harper was, he just obliterated everything. So the 
Uh, Trudeau government has a lot of, unfortunately, backlog to make up for because of the lack of investment. And then that's not including the provincial and municipal governments um, not stepping up, stepping up to the table. So, you know, it's a chronic issue that we all need to discuss and, and realize this is just bad policy at all orders of government. We have to point the finger not just at one, but all orders of it. And, you know, uh, depending on ideology as well, right? So if we're all voting in folks that, um, you know, keep saying cut taxes, well, you're cutting services, needed services. And the whole purpose of government is to actually invest in the people so that everybody can enjoy some standard of living. And that's not what's happened uh, in Canada. So as treaty partners, as people focused on reconciliation, we need to be open, we need to be honest, and we need to be investing into the future and um, investing into what has been um, inequity, uh, long-standing in- inequity, and, and work at um, becoming a little more equal, because that's ultimately that's what we're fighting for is equity. Um, because we've never had it, frankly. Uh, treaties have always been broken. There's never been dollar-to-dollar funding. And we not only need to make up for dollar-to-dollar funding, but we need to invest so that we're all on an equal playing field. Uh, Michelle, you couldn't have said that. Thank you for saying it that way. I think that a lot of people need to be reminded of all of those uh, all of those points that you just made. Uh, Ottawa, just changing gears to another story, Ottawa is uh, aiming to table legislation this fall, uh, making Indigenous policing essential. This comes after the tragedy that fell upon James Cree, uh, James, uh, James Smith Cree Nation uh, that left 11 dead and 18 injured. Uh, what's your reaction to this, this promise coming now after this tragedy took place? Yeah, well, 1996, it was talked about in the Royal Commission. Um, here out in, uh, I'm, I'm in Treaty 7 territory, so uh, the Blackfoot Confederacy, um, this area has, has been longstanding to the Blackfoot. And there was actually a lot of racism that had happened in the late 80s and early 90s that led to the formation of uh, the Blood Tribe policing. Um, and, and that is the type of initiative that's been needed. I think it was called the Bewolf Report. Had, had made that recommendation then. Uh, so this has been longstanding, the uh, lack of investment into policing for Indigenous people. And, um, and ironically, a lot of the police budgets go into policing Indigenous people, um, you know, who are already underserved through uh, stolen land and through, um, you know, poor public policy. So, you know, my hope is, is that... Uh, people will see the the need for this and they'll see that, uh, you know, the RCMP has been a real colonial arm. And if we start moving to, into more Indigenous policing, one, we can go back into the what UNDRIP has said, our inherent rights to police ourselves. Uh, here in Blackfoot territory, the, the Blackfoot have had the Brave Dog Society, and that is their policing that they've always done here for thousands of years. So, you know, it, it, it really is back to exerting our inherent rights and our rights to be able to police our people in the way we want to. And... Um, and ultimately, if we start investing with dollar-to-dollar funding, not just in policing, but in infrastructure, et cetera, um, you know, you're, you're going to see a new model of policing that I think that the non-Indigenous folks are going to go, you know, I think we could do a little more of that and uh, it'd be more successful and, and make our citizenship all feel more welcomed and, and such because it, there should not there shouldn't be a good guys, bad guys uh, mentality of looking at people. People are either underserved um, or or they're not. And I think that that we see the ramifications of underserved people 
Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today on the program and uh, for giving us your insight into these stories. It's so important to always keep uh, Indigenous stories in the headlines and making sure that people know what is actually happening on the ground. So I really appreciate your time. Oh, I'm so honored to be here to talk to you about it and so grateful that you're giving space because it's a well-needed conversation as treaty partners, as folks working together on reconciliation. So, So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. And Michelle, we will have you back on because this is an ongoing conversation. That's Michelle Robinson, a Satu Dene activist and host of the podcast, The Native Calgarian. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have uh, one of my favorite segments. Uh, Glenn Bergonier is going to do Off Point, Off Pudding. I wonder what he has in store for me today. I'm Rabina Ahmed-Hak, and this is On Point.